I recently brought a message to our church on the subject of prayer. We had a lot to go over, and it's not easy to fit all the information, all the things that you want to talk about concerning prayer into one message. So I have some additional thoughts I'd like to add in podcast form. Prayer is speaking or talking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is an offering up to our desires to God for all things, uh, all things that we need, all things that we petition Him for. It's an offering to God of our desires for wants and needs. Our prayers should be done in humbleness. Our prayers should be made with confidence that we shall obtain them through the mediation and merits of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Prayer, says Dr. H.W. Frost, is worship addressed to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our prayer should consist of at least four parts. There should be adoration. Prayer should be the act of the soul worshiping and praising God, Psalm 95.6. Our prayers should have confession or have repentance, repenting from every known sin. Uh, confession of sin, Psalm 32, 1, 1 John 1. Our prayers should have thanksgiving. They should have thankfulness. We should be thankful for anything and everything, Philippians 4, verse 6. And our prayers should have supplication. They should have intercession, uh, requests, petitions, made desires, wants, needs expressed to the Father, 1 Timothy 2, 1. Our prayer should be directed to God the Father, Acts 12, 5, in the name of Jesus Christ, John 14, 13, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 6, 18. Now, when are we to pray? We are to always pray. Men ought always to pray and not faint, Luke 18, 1. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. We should have private prayer in a small, secret place alone with God. We should have uh, family prayer. We should have public prayer before the church and the congregation. Where are we to pray? I will therefore that men pray everywhere. First Timothy two eight. We are to pray everywhere. There is no limitation on where we are to pray. Thank God there is no limitation on where we are to pray. If prayer were confined to temples, if prayer were confined to churches, uh, you would certainly uh, be in a mess if you were in a uh, in the midst of a, a burning building or a car accident or something else going on, there is no limitation where we are to pray. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, 1 Timothy 2.8. You know, prayer can be made everywhere at all times. Private prayer can be between you and the Lord can happen anywhere, everywhere. Uh, public prayer, like in the church or the temple, two men went up into the temple to pray, Luke 18.10. Jesus Christ said, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. Matthew 6, 6. Men should pray everywhere. Men should pray at any time. Continue an instant in prayer. That means on-the-spot prayer, continually as needed prayer, wasting without wasting any time about it. This is very, very important. We ought always to pray. Um, a man makes... A man... Uh, with any experience, knows that when men get in trouble, uh, when men are about to die or are being tortured or on the battlefield or they call them foxhole confessions of God, men will cry, oh my God, whether they have one or not. 
uh, in times of dire distress, even if men have denied him, uh, suppressed the God-implanted knowledge of him, many men will at those points acknowledge God. It is uh, that that acknowledgement of God may be instinctual. It, it might be primal. It might be a base acknowledgement of God, but it means they know God. It means God's word does not lie when it tells us all men have that knowledge of God in their heart, given to them from God, implanted into them from God, and they are without excuse. Men will acknowledge God. At some point in time, all men will cry out to God. Therefore, we are to be instant in prayer. We had those on-the-spot prayers, those emergency prayers. A person should be ready to pray at any time, any place, anywhere. That is, you ought always to be on praying grounds. The final prayer, uh, if you get in a hurricane, uh, there's a hurricane bearing down on your town, I guarantee the Lord will hear a lot of prayers. It may be strange voices, but he'll hear a lot of prayers directed at him that he hasn't heard regularly before on Wednesday evenings or, or any other time. You should be ready to pray on the spot. An example of this is when Peter is caught on the spot. And sinking into water, he says, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. A three-worded, three-word prayer. Lord, save me. That's a good prayer. You should be on praying grounds anytime, anywhere, any place. Men ought always to pray and not faint, Luke 18, 1. Now look at what David says uh, about when to pray. Uh, David said, we should pray in the morning. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Psalm 5, verse 3. At noon and evening he prayed. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Psalm fifty-five seventeen. He prayed every day. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Psalm 86, 3. And he prayed not only in the daytime, but also in the nighttime. O Lord. God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee, Psalm 88, 1. Daniel prayed three times a day, Daniel 6, verse 10. Do you pray? Do you pray? Uh, Do you record the answers of your prayer? Do you pray? What is your prayer life like? We need to pray. We need to exercise faith and pray. We need to pray. Uh, So what are the subjects of prayer? We ought to pray for the second coming of Christ. The last prayer in the Bible is not for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The last prayer in the Bible is not for blessings. The last prayer in the Bible is not for anybody to get saved. And certainly the last prayer in the Bible is not for anybody to get healed. The last prayer in the Bible is for Jesus Christ to come back. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, Revelation twenty-two twenty. So we ought to be praying for the second coming of Christ. We ought to pray to the Lord for our lives. We should pray for our daily bread. We should pray for forgiveness of our sins. We should pray for guidance. We should pray for victory over temptation and sin. We should pray for the things that are already revealed in God's word that that he wants, that his revealed will. We should pray for that. We should pray for souls to be saved. We should pray for church growth. We should pray for the blessings upon our pastor, upon our church, upon our fellow Christians. We should pray for those things. We need to have faith for God for those things. We serve a miracle-working God who just delights in hearing our prayers. He wants to answer our prayers. He will answer our prayers one way or the other. He will answer our prayers. Uh, We ought to pray to be cleansed from our sins. We ought to pray for victory over temptation. 
You got to pray for wisdom. You got to pray for understanding. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. James 1 verse 5. You should pray for a prosperous journey like Paul prayed in Romans chapter 1. You are to pray for clothing, shelter, food, uh, for the people you don't like. The Bible says to pray for your enemies. Uh, Matthew 5, 44, bless them that curse you. Matthew 5, 44, bless and curse not. Romans 12, 14. Christians should pray. They should pray for the sick. They should pray for people in authority. They should pray for their senators, their congressmen, their mayors, their governors. They should pray for the president. Uh, They should pray for the salvation of sinners. For the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all men should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 We should pray for effective outreach. We should pray for the outreach uh, efforts of our church. We should pray that they should bear fruit. Maybe perhaps an outreach effort didn't bear as much fruit as as the pastor and those were they put it on was, was hoping and praying it would. Maybe because it didn't. Maybe because you didn't pray for it. Pray for the outreach efforts of your church. Pray for souls saved in your church. Uh, we should pray for immature Christians that they grow in the Lord. Uh, we should pray. Uh, Christians should especially pray for their pastors, for their for their deacons, for for those in leadership in their church. The duty of the members of the congregation is to pray for those in charge of the congregation. So how do we pray? We should pray to be guided, first of all, by the Bible in our praying. And praying that is not according to what God said is not the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the unholy spirit or unholy spirits lurking around us. We should, be, we should pray to be guided by what the Bible says. We must pray with faith in the existence of God. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Hebrews 11.6 We must believe that God rewards faithful intercession. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6 So there must be persistence in prayer. The Lord Jesus Christ gave us two great illustrations of this persistence in prayer, which is sometimes called importunity. We see that in Luke chapter 18 and Luke chapter 11. A persistent knocker receives bread. We must pray with humility. The Lord said, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, 2 Chronicles 7.14. Although we can come boldly to the throne of grace by the merits of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 4.16, we don't come boldly in the sense of audaciously or arrogantly or pridefully. We come boldly in the sense that we come in as sons who have a loving, kind, heavenly Father. We come as a member of his family. We don't have to go through the doorkeeper and the ambassadors and the secretaries and the vice secretaries and the bodyguards. We just walk right into the throne room of God with our prayers. That's how we come boldly. But we come with humility. When we come to pray, we should confess our sins and judge them. Paul said, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. First. Corinthians eleven thirty one to 32 There is no way to have fellowship with God in prayer with unconfessed sin in your life. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins. Confess your sins. Then go to God in prayer. Confess your sins. 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins. Then go to God in prayer. So what are the conditions of prayer? Prayer must be in the will of God. Not my will, but thine be done, Luke twenty two forty two. Now we know the revealed will of God. We know he wants souls saved. We know certain things he wants to do and wants us to do and work in the church. 
We know that's his will. We can pray boldly directly for that. But other things that we don't know for sure is his will. We pray, not my will, but thine be done. Uh, We must forgive others before God in our prayer. That's a condition of prayer. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, Mark 11, 25, we have to forgive in our spirits, in our hearts, others that have hurt us, that have disappointed us. We have to forgive them. That's a condition of prayer. Uh, We must pray in faith. With things whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And ye shall have them, Mark 11, 24. James said, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. James 1, 6-7. We must have faith. If we lack faith, pray to God to give us faith. Pray to God to give you enough faith that you can pray in faith. uh, Believing that he will answer your prayer. I've got some pretty big prayer requests going on right now. I need to pray in faith. I need to pray in faith that the Lord will answer those prayers. And where I think my faith is weak, I pray the Lord to give me the faith so I can pray in faith about those prayer requests. We have to pray in faith. The fourth condition is keeping the Lord's commandments. And not only doing this, but doing those things that are pleasing to a sight. Uh, uh, the condition answer prayer, according to 1 John 3.22, is do those things that are pleasing in a sight. How can you expect answers to prayer when you know of things in your life that displease God? You know there's things in your life that displease God. So how can you expect that answer to prayer? Other conditions for prayer are abiding in Christ and praying in Jesus' name. Jesus said, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. John sixteen twenty four. Now, there are some great prayer promises in the Bible. Uh, the most important part of prayer is what we call hindrances to prayer, uh, because it is perfectly apparent that everybody should pray. Only the self-important or the self-satisfied, the self-occupied, the the indifferent ones to prayer, those think that are too proud to pray, they they don't pray, but we're all supposed to pray. So since we're all supposed to pray, it stands to reason that prayer, uh, that others that do not want us to pray, spirits, evil spirits and devil do not want us to pray, will, will cause hindrances to happen to our prayer. Now, there is no need to impress upon you the necessity of prayer. The point is that when we pray, very often our prayers are not answered in the affirmative, and we need to know why. Uh, This is best stated in Isaiah 59, 1-2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. So a hindrance to prayer is just sin. Sin hinders prayer. Uh, one, one of the hindrances to prayer is selfishness, the sin of selfishness. Ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. James 4, 2-3, we ask amiss. We ask with selfishness. We ask in a selfish state of mind. Uh, the average prayer by the average Christian day in America is, is probably for one of two things, for, for money, for prosperity, and for good health. Uh, if you have good health, then will you use that good health to go pass out tracts, to invite people to church, to work in your church, to help in the ministry of your church, to go on visitation? Is that what people want good health for? Or they want good health for so they can uh, just enjoy more pleasures of life? Uh, what do you want money for? To further the ministry of the church or they just want it to make things easier for themselves? That's asking a miss. 
That's asking a miss. Uh, you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask a miss. One of the greatest hindrances of prayer is selfishness. Another one is double-mindedness. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. James 1, 7-8. If you are praying to God, you need to make sure you, you know what you're praying for. You're not praying for one thing one day and another thing the next day. Uh, we're, we're not hot one day and cold the next day. We believe this is something one day. We believe the exact opposite the next day. That's double-mindedness. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And when there is trouble in the family and we are sick, then we pray. When the children are in trouble, then we pray. Uh, when you get uh, your, your child has some questionable test result, you pray. You pray. Uh, when you're facing with some bills and your income is, is not what it should be, you pray. You pray. But when the clouds lift and you get a good report on that medical exam and, and it's sunshine and, and rainbows and you, the money's coming in great and the health is great, uh, do we pray? Do we pray like we did before? Do we quit praying? Is praying less of a priority? We need to always pray. We need to always pray with urgency. We need to always pray. We need to always be asking, always seeking, always petitioning, always bringing things before God with the same earnestness as we did when things aren't going well. Uh, one of the hindrances to prayer is an unforgiving spirit. Uh, one time, Dwight L. Moody led a lady to the Lord who had no assurance of her salvation. When Mr. Moody wanted to find out what the trouble was, he had to repeat the disciples' prayer. And when he got to the part where it said, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, she wouldn't repeat it. When he insisted that she repeat it, she didn't. He said, So what is the trouble? Why won't you repeat this? The woman screamed, I will never forgive that woman as long as I live. When Mr. Moody reminded her that, that we are told to forgive, and if we don't forgive, God will not forgive our sins, she said, Do you mean to tell me, after what that woman did to me, I have to forgive her? And Mr. Moody replied, No, I don't mean to tell you that. I mean to tell you that God told you to do that. The Bible says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. There will be some people in our lives that that do us wrong, that do many hurtful things to us, uh, take hurtful actions to us, make hurtful statements to us, hurt us so deeply. We can't. We didn't know we could be hurt that deeply. And uh, we may have be like that woman. I I will never forgive that person as long as I live for doing that to me. But God says, "Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another." Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, you may not be able to forgive that person out of your own power. Ask the Lord to help you to forgive them. Lord, help me to forgive this person. You told me to forgive. Lord, help me to forgive. And the Lord will help you. Uh, sometimes grudges can be hindrances to prayer. The Bible says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. James 5, 9. Some Christians are, are, are mean. Some Christians will be mean to you. Some Christians will just do wrong things to you. Some Christians will stab you in the back. But we're not supposed to hold a grudge. We're not supposed to hold a grudge. Uh, we're, we're supposed to forgive. Uh, the grudges have to go. The grudges lead to bitterness. And another hindrance to prayer is bitterness. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Colossians 3.19 
uh, heirs together the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. First Peter three seven. Uh, we not we're not to hold on to that bitterness. We have to give up our bitterness. Uh, if we have bitterness against a spouse, we got to give up that bitterness. Uh, if we hold on to bitterness, our prayers are going to be hindered. Double mindedness, selfishness, grudges, an unforgiving spirit, bitterness. Uh, displeasing things can prevent God from answering prayer in our life. These can be hindrances to our prayer. Who with any sense would want God not to answer prayer in our life? We want God to answer our prayers. But God told us in his word, these things hinder our prayers. So if we believe his word, we need to take care of these hindrances in our life. We need to give get rid of that unforgiving spirit. We need to get rid of those grudges. We need to get rid of that selfishness. We need to uh, become... Uh, Stop waffling from from this point to this point, from from this thing to this thing. Get rid of that double-mindedness. Be a solid, steady Christian. Uh, and, and get rid of those things that, that known sin, we know that this pleases the Lord. He tells us these things will hinder your prayers. We need to get rid of these hindrances out of our life. Also, we need to claim the promises of God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 you know, our country is not in good shape right now. Well, you look around, uh, there's a lot wrong in our country. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. Uh, but our country does have on its coin, in God we trust. If you don't trust in God, then who do you trust in? I trust in God. Uh, if you don't trust in a son for your salvation, uh, if you don't give up on your own righteousness, if you don't trust his righteousness for your salvation, if you don't trust him for your food, if you don't trust him for your clothing, if you don't trust him for your, your shelter, your sustenance, your joy, and your living, start trusting him today. If he is not your savior, start, accept him today. Accept that free gift of his salvation today. Uh, and pray. Turn to him in prayer morning and noon and evening. Pour out your prayers before the Lord. Or as Paul said, in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God, that the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6-7. We need to claim those promises of God. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews four sixteen. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And he has said, my grace is sufficient for thee. We need to pray. We need to pray. There'll be hindrances to our prayer. Uh, There'll be different things in our life that uh, that fight against us in our prayer, but we must pray. We must confess that sin. We must get rid of those known hindrances. We must uh, pray with humility. Yes, go to the throne boldly. Approach the throne of God in your prayer, but pray with humility. Uh, get rid of the hypocrisy. Uh, be ready to pray on-the-spot prayers. Right then and there, pray, pray, pray. Uh, we are always to pray. Prayer can be made anywhere and everywhere. Prayer is speaking and talking to God. Prayer is offering up our desires and our needs to God. We need to pray. 